Hello and welcome to the Fearless Man Podcast. This is a show where we talk about everything that God wants us to remember to do as a husband, a father, a friend, a leader, and even a chef in the kitchen. Don't miss it. Share with your friends. And I'll see you on the podcast. This is your host, Andy Falco Quinez. Hello, my friends. This is Andy Falco Jimenez coming to you live from Yorba Linda, California. And I am looking at my camera that is blinking an odd color. I'm not sure why it's blinking. Normally, it has a red light. So, sorry, I'm just slightly distracted. I am one of those typical men that, that when there is a squirrel uh, going by, it catches my eye and uh, distracts me for a moment. But I'm not sure why it's blinking white as opposed to being red. That's uh, interesting. So here we are with the uh, the Fearless Man podcast. We're going to be talking today about something that um, is one of my weaknesses as a Christian man or a godly man, and that is prayer. Um, I am much, much better, but still not good enough, I don't think. I'm going to be reading from a couple articles that I found. Um, one of them I found, uh, you know, a few days ago as I was doing some research, and then I found a new one today that took the place of uh, one that I had originally thought about using, because this one uses some very strong um, expectations of what a what a man is required to do as a godly man in in re, in relationship to prayer, and uh, it's a little strong, but. Uh, uh, my Hetty and I uh, quickly looked up um, the references from the author. His name is E.M. Bounds. And so I'll be telling you a little bit about him to give you some context of who he is. And then I'll read the portion of the article that I think is most rel- um, um, most uh, related to what it is we're talking about today. And uh, all of the links for all the references in this uh, show that we're doing live, or if you're listening to the podcast, will be in the description. So you'll be able to click on all those, all those links. In addition to that, you'll be able to find the link. If you're watching the, the uh, stream that we're doing right now, you'll find the podcast on iHeartRadio. You'll just click on the link. That'll take you to the podcast. If you would subscribe there, that would be great. Uh, links to The Andy Falco Show, which is the YouTube channel. If you would go there and subscribe, that would be awesome. All my shows are there on that particular YouTube channel called The Andy Falco Show. I should actually call it The Andy Falco Network because now there's multiple shows coming out of that YouTube page. And then Resurrect Ministry, which is the ministry that my uh, wife and I uh, have. Uh, she created it. I came and joined her. And now together, um, our ministry is called Resurrect Ministry, uh, where we do online broadcasting. She speaks and, uh, I, I, and articles uh, are on there that she writes on the Christian Post. And you'll find all the content that she does. She has a television show that she does for uh, His Glory called Remnant Rising, and it's a great show. They interview some amazing people, and on occasion, they just the two of her, Alejandra, as her co-host, they uh, have a topic that they will discuss, so you may want to find that. So prayer. Prayer is, I'm, I, I can't quite put a finger on exactly why, but I think in some ways, prayer for men is difficult because of just how we're made. Um, it it, it, it kind of, you have to admit that you can't handle something and so that you have to reach out to God for help. And I think that's kind of like the Home Depot syndrome where we go in Home Depot, we're looking for something, we can't find it, and we're so reluctant to ask for help 
to find that thing. We'll go up and down the aisles. And, and by the time we are done, we fill up our cart with other things that we didn't go there for because we don't ask. If we just asked and went directly to the thing we wanted, we would get out of there, you know, with half the money that we would spend. But uh, I, I'm calling it the Home Depot syndrome is that we just go and then we, we're so, we, we think we know where it's at. We think that, it, you know, if it's something that has to do with electricity, that it should be in the electrical system uh, aisle. Uh, if it has to do with pounding a nail, it must be in the tool section. And then when it's not, we go, oh, why is it not there? Or, well, I'm not going to ask because I should know because I'm a man. And if it's not here, where else could it be? And then we start thinking, Maybe it's in the gardening section. I go, why would it be in the gardening section? That makes no sense. But we go to the gardening section anyway. And then we think, well, let's see. Maybe it's in the, um, the plumbing area. Maybe somehow that this is more often used for plumbing, even though what I'm going to use the tool for, I'm using it to hang a picture. But maybe it's in the plumbing area. <laughs> you know, we go through this in our head. And so now coming the, back to why we don't pray, I think that uh, my best thoughts are, and I'm sure that there's articles I could have found on this subject matter, but I, I just wanted to kind of tell you what my idea was. And that is that I think we don't pray because we are so reluctant to ask for help. We are so reluctant to go to God um, because we should be able to fix it. We should be able to uh, find a, a way of overcoming whatever it is that we're uh, suffering from. And we just don't do it. So I, I think maybe that's one of the things when it comes to praying out loud, I, I know that one of the greatest fears that all humans have, and that is public speaking. And so if there's more than um, one person in the room and somebody asks us to pray, we go, oh, really? I don't know if I can do this. I, you know, I, I first have to admit that I can't solve the problem, whatever it is we're going to be praying for. And number two, I got to speak publicly and there's no way I'm going to do that. And so there's the, the second reason that we are excuse maybe that we have for not praying. Um, and so I'm going to go through a couple of articles here and I'm going to tell you right now that I, this is for me as much as it is that I'm sharing this for anybody uh, that's watching right now or listening on the podcast. Um, but I'm sure there's other men out there that struggle with a regular pray, uh, um, prayer, um, not schedule. Well, yeah, I guess you could have a prayer schedule where you wake up in the morning and you pray and then you, you know, pray before each meal. And then you pray uh, over your children when you put them to bed, if you have children, and then you pray over your wife before she falls asleep. And then you pray for yourself. Like that, that kind of, I, of a schedule, I think would be a great schedule. I, I, I can't say that I do that every day, uh, but I have done each of them at some point. <laughs> It sounds great to say, you know, I wake up and I pray, I read the Bible, and then I pray about what I read, and then I have breakfast, and I pray before I eat, and then I, uh, you know, pray before I go to work, and, you know, to have a good day at work, and then I pray for my drive to work, I pray for my drive home, I pray for anybody at the office that needs uh, prayer, and then I come home and I pray uh, for dinner, and then I forget lunch, you pray for lunch, you pray for dinner, and then uh, as you're putting the kids to bed, you pray over each one of them. And then uh, before I go, before I go to sleep with my wife, I tell, uh, I pray for God for uh, my wife. And then I pray for, you know, for whatever, whatever I forgot throughout the day. I would love to say that that's me, but it's not. Um, and, but I'm going to get better because what I read coming from MEM Bounds, um, it's, uh, it's critical that you pray. And so I'm, I'm going to be reading that uh, uh 
for us today. So men must pray. Men must pray. Now my graphic for some reason is not covering it. It's supposed to be big enough to cover the entire thing, um, but it's not. Let's see who's on. Somebody commented already. Hey, Carol Texley, nice to see you. Thanks for joining Carol us on the Fearless Man podcast, <laughs> and that's fine. I know we're in the evening here. Uh, one of the things, if you're watching tonight and uh, you're going to be looking for our devotional, I have to tell you that one person needs prayer is Hedia. Uh, suddenly, she was doing an interview with the show Remnant Rising today with her partner uh, for His Glory TV, and it was like an hour after she just, something happened. She got a bug, and she went, <clears throat> crash. She's in bed right now. Sicker than a dog, uh, been on the phone looking for um, some suggestions on how she could get better. And uh, so prayers for her, please. She's been taking care of her daughter who is sick for the last, it's, it seemed, I think it's been over a week now. And, um, and Zara, so prayers for Zara's continued healing and prayers for uh, Hedia. I don't think that we're going to be able to do the devotional tonight. So um, this may be... Uh, all you get. You just get me tonight, possibly. So I, I can't say that for 100 percent. I haven't even asked her about it. I probably should. But she doesn't look like she's up to um, I mean, she looks uh, like she doesn't feel well at all. And so it's very unlikely we'll be able to do the devotional tonight. But um, if you have subscribed to the channels that you particularly watch on and you subscribe, you should get an announcement if that decision is made one way or another. You won't get a, a, a notification if we're not doing it. And then if we decide to do it, you'll suddenly see it. So um, I have to share that with you right now. Um, and uh, Jan French is praying for Hedia and Zara. Thank you. And we have our first man on, and that's Robert Block. Nice to see you, Robert. Uh, glad to see that you are here. Um, and I think this is going to be a good one uh, for you to hear uh, tonight. I do, um, I do think so. Carol says, I've been the man of the house for the... <laughs> <laughs> I have been in the man of the house for the last month, hubby in flight school. Hope your wife gets better. Uh, good luck. Uh, the best wishes and, and prayers for your husband as he goes through flight school. Hopefully everything, uh, hopefully he, everything will go just great. Now I'm wondering, uh, is your hubby for a hobby? Is he going through flight school um, or what's happening? Um, because I mean, he's young, I'm sure, but uh, we're, we're all a little bit older than we, um, you know, then I think, you know, he's not in the middle. He's not going through flight school in like uh, the Air Force, is he? Uh, let us know what's happening there. All right. So let me get to my first uh, little bit of our, uh, uh, let me, uh, just some of the, the um, biblical references. And when it comes to prayer, I have a whole bunch, but I'm going to just read a couple uh, that are, um, I think, important. I mean, they're all important. And, I, and I'm, there's no rhyme or reason why I'm selecting these. But um, I'll have a, maybe a little bit of a comment, not after each one of them, but after a couple of them, there might be a little uh, dialogue I want to have with you about it. But 1 John 5.14 says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So I think that's so, so important that there's no way could God could help us if we don't pray for it specifically to him so that he can hear what it is we want. Now, does God know everything? Does he know everything that has happened? Does he know everything now and everything in the future? Absolutely. But prayer is our communication to him, what it is that we need and want and hope for. And um, and it's, it's important that we ask for it. So in John 14, 1 John 5, 14, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. So we show God our confidence by approaching him 
it's like today I was asked to do something. I don't know if I should exactly say it. Well, I was asked to run for office in local here. And I had been mulling it over for the last several days. Uh, a lot of people have approached me and said, we would like you to do this. And one person in particular that I respect greatly in our community. And it was difficult uh, for me to finally come to the conclusion that it's just not the right time for me and for a number of reasons. And so I felt it was important to go to her directly. And I did it with a phone call. Uh, uh, it, we both had, we're both very busy. So the best way that we could do it, I didn't want to text her or send her an email. I wanted to call her in, uh, you know, as close to face-to-face -face as possible in a phone call. Wanted to do that to show the confidence that I had in her as a friend and, and, and tell her that I appreciated her confidence in me. And that's, I think, then the same thing that they're asking, that God is asking in this uh First uh, John five fourteen is that this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that we you know we can do that, and so that you know even though if I would have gone to her and said you know I don't do that, that she would have you know quite possibly said you know you know I think this is a mistake I think you should do it now what have you that I could then come back and say I understand what you're saying and I appreciate that however I have looked at all the different things that I think are important to me right now. And the answer has to be no for me right now, as much as I do want to do it and think that it would be important for our community. And I think, uh, you know, that what you say is, is, is uh, important, but right now it's, it's not the right time. So I think that, that then the, in that first part of this uh, uh, first John five fourteen is that I think that's what, that what God is saying is that we, we have to show him our confidence by approaching him directly. And I know I'm carrying this on a long time, but I think it's important to take this and really think about what the scripture says, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now, you notice how it says he hears us. He doesn't always say that he's going to give us our prayer. He doesn't always say that uh, if you do this, it will happen. But there is a guarantee in that he hears us and then he decides, I, you know, I use um you know, you know, father child relationships a lot in this whole thing is that our kids can ask us for things, but we don't always give it to them. Uh, or we say, you know what, I the answer can be yes, but I need you to do this first. And so just understand that it when it says that you need to ask God for anything and he will hear it and he promises he will hear it, but he doesn't promise necessarily that he will give it to you. First John 5 15 says, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. All right. Then we have first John five sixteen. Um, I should have just read these on in succession, except for, I think it's important to take them each one of them at a time. Um, if you see any brother or sister commit a sin, this is kind of a, an interesting one that does not lead to death. You should pray and God will give them life. I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I am not saying that you should pray about that. Interesting. First Chronicles 1611 says, look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Second Chronicles 621. Hear the supplications of your servant and of your people, Israel, when they pray toward this place. Hear from heaven, your dwelling place. And when you hear, forgive. And I think this is going to be my last one. It says it's for it's Second Chronicles 714 that says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. 
And yes, I think that was the last one that I went. But again, you go do a Google search um, or a DuckDuckGo preferably and type in, you know, uh, what the Bible says about prayer. And it will give you, you'll find a link. This is what I'm reading from is BibleStudyTools.com. BibleStudyTools.com, which gives a whole bunch. I could go on for a lot of pages about what it says about prayer. So obviously God cares about prayer and wants you to remember that you need to do it often and, all, and, and every day. Be in prayer all the time. I've learned that prayer doesn't always necessarily mean that you go, you go into your prayer room, you drop to your knees, which is good that you do that from time to time, and you spend an hour in prayer. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't always have to be like that, that prayer can be with your eyes open, talking to God as you're driving down the road. It can be as you're on a walk. And you say, you know, God, uh, what I said to my uh, my wife this morning was a little harsh. Um, please forgive me. Uh, please give me the words that I can um, use to go back to her and apologize and, and ask her for, for my forgiveness. But I'm asking for your forgiveness for what I said and my sinful way that I spoke. I didn't treat her with honor. I didn't treat her with respect. And you can do that while you're walking, while you're driving, uh, while you're cooking breakfast in the morning for her as you're trying to you know, make breakfast to make up for what you did, uh, whatever that may be. You want to make sure and do that. All right. Hey, Quint, nice to see you. Hey, friend. Oh, I like that picture. That's cool. Um, and then uh, he says, thank you for spreading the word of Jesus. You are welcome. <laughs> All right. So let's get to this article. Uh, the first one I want to read. And I think this is this is kind of coming in in a way that's kind of, you know, inviting and it's it's kind of soft. The next thing I have to read is a little bit more strong. So I want to start this. This is, um, uh, it, you know, a really cool um, bit about prayer that I think it's, uh, it's about, you know, about handling fear in men, uh, how men handle fear. And then the other one is about when you're under attack uh, by like cancer or something like that. Um, and what you need to understand about prayer when you're when you're dealing with fear and when you're dealing with being attacked. So let me go ahead and bring that scripture. I'm going to bring it to the screen so you can see it and read along with it. And I'll make it bigger there for you. And uh, this is from a website called allaboutprayer.org. Allaboutprayer.org. It doesn't have an author or tell me who wrote this, but I, I found it interesting anyway. And it says, uh, again, all about prayer, men praying. Men praying, active duty. When Rick left his second for his second tour of duty in the Middle East, he shared some specific concerns with his wife, Melissa. I'm uneasy about some of the men in my new platoon. I don't know them as well as the last team. Pray for us. Like most men, Rick faces a culture that projects the misguided belief that fear equals weakness. Most men loathe admitting that they have fears. Fear for their families, fear for their finances, fear for the future. Two months after Rick deployed, he woke up in Walter Reed Army Medical Center. His entire right leg was in a massive cast, and his left leg was missing below the knee. His, cap his captain recounted, following the roadside IED, uh, improvised explosive device, Rick pulled himself from one wounded soldier to another, praying with them. I command you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you when, wherever you go. Joshua 1.9. Remembering that, and this is off the off the topic here, but uh, off the article. But remember that based on what I'm reading in this article is that Rick was deployed. He was there. He was with these new men, and then they were driving somewhere, obviously, and hit a road mine, an uh, uh, improvised um, explosive device, and 
obviously based on what his injuries were at the time that he was um, uh, involved in this explosion, he injured his right leg and his left leg was so damaged that it eventually had to be cut off. So he had to drag himself to each one of the men that were also injured. They didn't say exactly how many that was, but can you imagine that in this chaos that he thought first, he may not, it, it doesn't, it sounds like maybe he didn't remember it or something. And maybe it's just the captain. He didn't want to say it, but the captain has given the story is that in his condition, he thought enough to pray over each one of the men that were injured in the explosion, regardless of what was going on with him. Everything below his waist was damaged to where he had to drag himself by his arms and elbows to get to each one of them and pray over them. Just a miraculous um, story that this is. Um, and the prayer, I want to say the prayer again. I command you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It's from Joshua 1.9. During his grueling rehabilitation, Rick explained the difference between a coward and a hero is not whether or not you're scared. It's about what you do while you're scared. Men like Rick understand that prayer enables us to conquer our weaknesses. The Apostle Paul prayed repeatedly to God, for strength to face Satan's torments. Only when he surrendered his pride did Paul understand how his weaknesses related to Christ's power, 2 Corinthians 12, 6 through 10. Men of prayer surrender their fears, pride, and weaknesses to the one who is in control. The next story is uh, entitled, Men Praying Under Attack. At one time or another, every man faces the crushing weight of powerlessness to do anything about a health issue. Attacks upon his body and mind present themselves relentlessly, Dr. Don Colbert, physician, author, and noted speaker, observes. When men come into the doctor, they, don't, they won't tell you their problem until the very last minute. It's sort of like how men rarely ask for help, which I said earlier. Jim's competitive nature revealed itself as a vice president as well as in his biking and kayaking. When a non-cancer-related abnormality appeared during a routine examination, Jim tried to remain unshaken. Further tests indicated stage D prostate cancer, sometimes called stage 4, which is considered not medically curable. Jim resented this intrusion in his life. I didn't get angry, but I felt very helpless and wondered, why, Lord, why? Even though his faith in God had remained strong for the past 15 some years, Jim remembered the intense, I'm sorry, Jim remembered the tense moments prior to a radical prostatectomy. Just before entering the operating room, he told the orderly to stop. I looked and pointed up and said, Lord, you know me and I know you. Do with me what you will. Once I got those words out, I was so at peace and I told the guy that was pushing me, let's go. <laughs> Men of prayer don't run ahead of God by trying to deal with all the endless negative possibilities facing you down the road. They are just that possibilities. They are just that possibilities. Mark 10, 27. Men praying, authentic manhood. The average male has only two confidants, including his spouse and a family member. Since most men are overworked, overcommitted, and overdistracted, they don't always feel victorious in regards to overcoming obstacles. Therefore, it is imperative that men pray with and for one another, strengthening each, in, strengthening each other. Proverbs 27, 17. Rick, Jim, and the Apostle Paul all realize authentic manhood accepts the need for God's intervention and help. 
Through prayer, every man obtains a vision of biblical masculinity that relates to their very their own lives and issues. Through faith, God provides the practical how-tos for real life. Men of prayer accept responsibility for their actions, lead courageously against opposition, and receive God's award reward for obeying them. Ah, I thought that was so awesome when I read it. I thought that was those are really good examples of what a man can do when they are afraid. They put it aside and they they bring in the power of God and the and the courage of God, the armor of God, and then they continue on. Um, I relate to the story about the prostate cancer in a couple ways. Uh, when the pandemic first hit, I had just met my now wife Hedia. And we had only known each other for a couple weeks. And so I got sicker than a dog with, um, with COVID. And at the time I got COVID, the kids were in my custody for the four little ones, uh, which at the time, if I can remember their ages, I want to say somewhere around the age, the youngest was seven and the oldest was maybe 13. Like that's about right, I think, maybe 14, probably closer to being right. Um, so seven to 14, somewhere in there. And so... Not not too young to be left at home from time to time, but I was but I when I got COVID, I had to go in the hospital for a week. And so in my state of COVIDness, I and and because their mom lives with their grandmother who was in, in her 80s at the time, what we were hearing about COVID is that you could not have anybody with COVID around anybody that was, you know, over 70 or 60 for that matter, that they would get it and die instantly. And so the the kids were in my house. I couldn't, I couldn't send them to their mom's house because of the grandmother. And at the time we thought, cause this is really early in, in, in COVID really early and we didn't know what to do. And so I'm, I'm with my, my girlfriend Hedia at the time. And we're talking on the phone. And I'm saying, I got to leave these kids at the house. Do you think you can check on them? And she had not met only my, I think she'd only met my son at this point, my oldest son, who again was 14 or 15 at the time, 14, I, I think. And so, um, and then I didn't want her to get COVID. So I didn't want her necessarily staying out. And she, I mean, she, we just met. <laughs> I have a 28 year old daughter, 29 year old daughter who at the time was 27 and, and said, listen, uh, I need you to go to the house and take care of the kids. And, uh, and so all these things are happening. The reason I bring that up is because it, I met Hedy at church. The way we met was miraculous. She's a former Muslim become Christian. Um, she lived, you know, you know, it was an hour and a half away from the church and she was traveling. So the fact that we even met is, is only from God. There was no reason for her to be going to that church necessarily, other than God told her to go there. Um, I had been attending another church for 25 years, somewhere in there, 20 ish years. And I suddenly had found this church out of nowhere. I don't know how I ended up at the church, Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, from a church that shut down and I needed a church that was open during COVID. And this church refused to close during COVID. One of the few churches in California that refer, refused to close. So somehow God sent Hedy to this church that was 70 miles away, something like that. Um, I started attending this church it, it, that I'd never heard of before, but it was the only one that was open. We met in line at an event that they were having, which was called Non-Essential. And it was to tell other churches to open. It was to tell people to disregard the nonsense that was going on in our, in our country and as particularly our state. And, 
And so the reason I'm this connection is that when I got COVID, there was no fear necessarily. I had, I was concerned, but remember, remember what it was like when COVID first hit, that it was like millions of people were going to die. That if you got it, it was essentially a death sentence. I had these children that were young, that were left alone in my home. They couldn't go to their mom's house. They had to be at my home. Um, I had to call upon my daughter who didn't necessarily have a really close relationship with them, but she came and suddenly became their mom over this period of time. I contacted uh, friends at a, at a Bible study uh, from Yorba Linda Friends Church who said, I don't, can you help me out? Could you help feed my kids? You don't have to go in. Can you drop meals off at the house? And they said, yes. And so all these things happened. All these things had to come into place. And the only thing I could think when I was in the hospital there at Kaiser Permanente on my deathbed, because they said a pretty, they, he, he insinuated, the doctor said, you're probably not going to make it through the night. <laughs> And you need to sign the DNR. And so I did. My girlfriend, I, I like calling her my girlfriend. My girlfriend was like, I just met this guy. He's going to die. He's got these kids. And she's now in contact with the doctor, telling the doctor what to do. Because her dad, who was still alive at the time, is, is a famous doctor. And so she knew the lingo. She knew how to speak. She knew some of the ins and outs of how, to, how a hospital works. And suddenly she steps up. My daughter steps up. The church steps up. At least my small group from the church steps up. All these things are happening. I'm in Kaiser, who at the time I did not know was essentially giving me stuff that is now was now could possibly. I don't. I don't want to say this because I don't want this to be taken down. They they were giving me stuff that now we're seeing probably wasn't the best that they could give me, and I I thought I was going to die. So this all has a point when it comes to prayer. That the fear that I should have had was not present because God was in me. God was with me. God had showed himself to me in all of those circumstances, how everything worked together for his glory to show me that he had me. Whether I lived or died was not a a critical aspect to me because I had learned that that that's not what it was all about. It was, it was that God was there. God showed me his power. God showed me his strength. God showed me that no matter what happened, that he would be there for my kids, that he would be there for Hedia, that he would be there for my daughter, that he would be there. He would be there. And so in that week, my, my belief in God, my strength in my, um, uh, Uh, of my relationship with God grew stronger, not weaker. My fear was diminished because of God's presence. My courage was from God because of prayer. Every day I was playing um, worship music. Every day I was reading a devotional. Every day I was speaking to a nurse or a doctor about my faith, or or they heard the worship music playing in my room, or they saw the Bible sitting on my, on the, on the little table that's there on my, uh, uh, you know, for the bed, that um, the devotional that I was reading was also there, that uh, when they came in the room, they, they, they told me that they, uh, we love coming to your room because there's always something happening here that brings us to God. And I, I share this with you because that's exactly what I read in these stories, that it's not me. I'm not some great 
person who didn't have fear in the face of danger or courage in the face of danger. It was God's presence in me that gave me the courage that reduced my fear to nothing because I saw that God, God's hands were in everything and that my prayers were being answered through my prayer group through, or my, my uh, small group through my uh, girlfriend that I met at church. And the only reason we met was because of God and some men uh, that he used uh, to bring us together that, um, you know, the nurses and the doctors came in and said, we love coming to your room because of God's presence in your room. And so being in prayer, being in worship, being um, uh, in his word every day um, is, is amazing and awesome. All right. So that's my story and my connection to what it is I just read. Now, let me tell you about EM Bounds. And I'm going to I'm going to share the screen here um, and kind of share with you what he is. Uh, Hedy had a great thought that, you know, what if you're going to use what he says, you better, you know, make sure that he is a, a, a person that you could follow and count on as being a a reliable source for what I'm about to read to you, because it's very strong. <laughs> <laughs> you got to hear it. So E.M. Bounds, um, his name actually is Edward McKendry Bounds, was a Methodist minister, revivalist, author, and lawyer. Um, he was unsuccessful in the California gold rush of 1849. E.M. Bounds returned home to Missouri and became the state's youngest practicing attorney at age 19. So you got to wonder when he went. Let's see, 1835 when he was born. I'm not going to be able to do the math, but I'm just going to tell you that. So in 1849, so somewhere, I'm guessing, you know, in his uh, late teens, he was already trying to find gold. And in the short period of time, and in, in as young as he was, he was unsuccessful. So, but he became a the, the state's youngest practicing attorney at age 19. Can you imagine? That's so awesome. We got 19 years. We got 30 year olds that are still living with mom today. They then they're still trying to figure out what they're going to do. At 19, he was already an attorney, a practicing attorney. In his early 20s, he was deeply impacted by the Third Great Awakening. At age 24, he was ordained for ministry. During his lifetime, he, he pastored churches, traveled as an evangelist, served as a Civil War chaplain, edited a Christian periodical, and was a devoted husband and father. But E.M. Bounds is best known for prayer. His daily habit was to spend the time between 4 a.m. and 7 a.m. praying. Well, three hours of praying. praying. All right. <laughs> it's uh i don't know i could try his writings are on prayer uh, his writings on prayer are widely acclaimed to be among the finest of any author before or since so i think that gives him some credibility uh let me see what happens when i click on this it may send me to another page do you guys oh yeah oh here we go so i think i may have to order this book but uh so maybe one of the books we may have to uh, bring here in the house and that's called the power of through prayer and uh, it says in the description for the book, do you want to pray with power? Yes. Are you experiencing the abundant life? Mm, yes. You can discover how effective prayers uh, will transform you into a dynamic Christian with a deeper understanding of the word. Personal and direct communication with God will revitalize and invigorate you. If you make prayer a key factor in your life, you will know the fullness of divine power. Uh, Ian Bounds wrote this book for Christians who want to be mighty prayer warriors, here's how you can have power through prayer. So I think that's a good recommendation for that book. So let me remove that. Now, are you ready? Hang on to your shoes, what uh, what he has to say here. Now, this article that is in um, 
the website for the Christian Broadcasting Network, CBN. And sorry, there's a few clicks that I have to do here in order to bring it up. So let's bring it to the stream. I'll get rid of the blue. And uh, so this is an article uh, and it's much longer. And the, again, the link is in the description so you can click on it and read the whole thing. But this is the important part. The church today needs praying men to execute her solemn and pressing responsibility to meet the fearful crisis which is facing her. The crying need of the times is for men in increased numbers, God-fearing men, praying men, Holy Ghost men, men who can endure hardness, who will count not their lives dear unto themselves, but count all things but dross for the excellence excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the Savior. The men who are so greatly needed in this age of the church are those who have learned the business of praying, learned it upon their knees, learned it in the need and agony of their own hearts. Are you ready? Praying men are the one commanding need of this day, as of all other days in which God is to have or make a showing. Men who pray are, in reality, the only religious men, and it takes a full measured man to pray. Men of prayer are the only men who do or can represent God in this world. No cold, irregular, irreligious, prayerless man can claim the right. Let me read that again. No cold, irreligious, prayless man can claim the right. They misrepresent God in all his work and all his plans. Praying men are the only men who, are, who have influence with God. Pray, let me, I'm going to read that again. Praying men are the only men who have influence with God. The only kind of men to whom God commits himself and his gospel. Praying men are the only men in which the Holy Spirit dwells. For the Holy Spirit and prayer go hand in hand. The Holy Spirit never descends upon prayerless men. He never never fills them. He never empowers them. There is nothing whatever in common between the Spirit of God and men who do not pray. The Spirit dwells only in a prayer atmosphere. Wow. What do you think about that, men? And women who are watching, wives who are watching, you need to talk to your men about, have you prayed today, honey? (laughs) Um, Schnuggums, have you um, have you prayed over the kids um, when you put them in the bed? Have you prayed uh, for your travels before you fly somewhere or drive somewhere? Uh, it may it may take that, but isn't that interesting? I I I I obviously need to do more in the area of prayer, and um, this has really convicted me. In the uh, I, I've told I told you before. Um, that, um, oh, maybe it was on the other show that I mentioned this, but what's interesting about these shows that I do, whether it's the devotional show when I first started doing it by myself and then my wife, Hedia, uh, joined me after we got married, or not after we got married, but we were still dating when we started doing it together. Um, but even this show, it's, it's a little bit for a selfish reason. It's because reading them out loud, talking to them uh, with you about the devotional or the scripture that we're reading, or the articles that we find, or um, especially the comments that you guys have, um, really help in my walk. That I'm, I know myself in my flesh. That I'm, I'm so weak in, in so many areas. 
that for me, and I'm not saying that, excuse me, necessarily that you have to do a show in order to do this, but it, I think it would be great if somebody else um, uh, that, that's watching decided to do their own show, that decided to do their own broadcast where they decide, you know what, I'm going to go live every day on Facebook and talk about God. And especially if it's a man uh, that you get on and you click the live button and you just say, you know what, I was, uh, you know, you could, you could be walking somewhere, you could be driving somewhere, you could pull over the side of the road, you could hold up your phone just like this, hold up your phone and put it up and hit the, hit the live button or even the record button, because maybe you don't want to do one until you've done it a few times and then put it up after you record it. And you say, you know what, I was driving and I felt God's presence and him, him talk to me. And he wanted me to share that on, on, a, on a live broadcast on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, on um, LinkedIn, whatever, whatever the platform it is that you use, um, Truth social, I don't care. And you say, you know what? God wanted me to tell you, you who are watching, who decided to click and saw my face and decided to watch, God wanted me to tell you that Jesus loves you. And uh, it's an important message for you to understand that Jesus loves you and that he would love it if you would accept him as, as your Lord and Savior. And He, you invite him in, into your heart, into your body, so that he can dwell inside you and guide you from this point on. Right? Wouldn't that be amazing? that 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 would happen and i think through for me in doing these shows it's the the research that uh Teddy and i do and i think i know for sure in the show that she does because she uh with um uh, alejandra and and remnant rising is that they they put a lot of work into that that show in researching and, and finding about the people that they're they're interviewing and they learn so much from the people they interview it is a blessing that god has given us that we know how to use this elect like elect, uh, elect, the electronics and the the social media and the interwebs that are quite often more often used in our world for bad right for um smut and for um sex, uh, you know, driven activities that we're able to use the same thing that, that the devil uses, that we use it to share God's word, to share Jesus Christ, to share his love for us, to share how important prayer is, that um, it's amazing what, what God has done with these platforms and, and given us this opportunity. I'm not sure what I would have done if I was born in the 1800s, like many of these men that uh, we use for our devotionals. Um, I'm sure God would have given me a way then. Would he give me um, a soapbox to stand on in the middle, middle of uh, town square and say, you know what? I was reading something today and and God wanted me to come out here <laughs> and tell you that he loved you. You know, uh, Smith Wigglesworth, you know, my buddy that I know, he's a visits the church down the street. He has this devotional and he wanted me to read this devotional from Smith. Um, whatever that would have been. I'm, I'm really interested uh, to know um, uh, what God would have done if I was born in another era. It, you know, hit with the same, uh, you know, truth that I've been hit with in regard to God um, and his his truth and his the Bible. Um, it's so, so interesting. So selfishly, being able to do these things, it is, I grow so much uh, from you guys watching, from your comments and sharing to, um, you know, the research that's done and the devotionals that we've selected over the last couple of years. We're on our third devotional 
Um, really interesting, right? I, I, I did not know when I started doing these at a park in Placentia, California, that in a picnic bench in front of a bunch of geese, that it would lead to anything. I just thought, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to do it in front of everybody. Cause now, now, now I have to show up every day and read this devotional. And it was, it was again, a, a selfish move to force me to be in a devotional because it's so difficult for me to commit to something like that. And so his power is great that he's able to use whatever. Um, he used Kaiser Permanente, you know, to bring me closer to him. He used COVID to bring me closer to him. He used, you know, my my Bible study to show me the greatness of his handiwork with a Bible study that was willing to step up and cook meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for my kids. That my 28-year-old daughter, uh, who was 27 at the time, 29-year-old daughter, who was 27 at the time, that, um, you know, her... She's not an atheist, but she's not necessarily a, a full believer. She doesn't go to church. She she wears shirts that are the opposite of God. Um, and so God even used her to care for my kids while I was recovering in the hospital. God's power is great. He overcomes everything. He's um, his, his his love is amazing. And what he what he does for us, if we stay close to him. We um, develop strong habits of, 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 of building our relationship with him on, a, on an hourly basis, quite possibly. Um, you will see some amazing things happen in your life. It doesn't mean that trouble won't go away. I just uh, heard one last thing before we get off here. I just heard from a, a, a man from um, church who sits often near us or next to us. Uh, his name is Jack. Uh, he's in construction and he um, had a, had an accident a, a, a week ago and he just shared with me today where he uh, almost cut off his entire thumb uh, in his right hand and he's right-handed. So he cut off his thumb, nearly cut it off. It was, he cut through the tendon uh, and it was hanging there. And, um, and so a very godly man, a, God, a, a man who's been through difficulties in his life, but, but found Jesus Christ has accepted uh, Jesus as Lord and savior shows up to church uh, uh, on Sundays all the time. And um, I nearly lost a sum, right? But that doesn't mean God didn't cut off his thumb. God doesn't, doesn't, doesn't do those things. But these challenges still continue. They still are there. But the, does Jack show fear? Does he, um, does he lose his courage? Does he lose his, uh, you know, his, his motivation to care for his family as the breadwinner uh, for his family. No, he sews the thumb back on, gets it sewed back on. He didn't do it himself. He gets it sewed back on um, and he's going through the healing process and he's going to persevere. He's going to pray to God for guidance. He's going to pray to God to, to help him through this situation. But um, it does not mean that things won't happen that, but it's, it's then how do you act like in our story? It's not what did, uh, what did the, uh, the author say here, I think it was so important what he said here. It is, um, sorry, you guys are probably saying it out loud and I can't remember it off the top of my head. Uh, men like Rick understand that prayer enables us to conquer all weaknesses. The Apostle Paul prayed repeatedly to God for strength to face Satan's torments. Only when he surrendered his pride did Paul understand how his weakness related to Christ's power. Men of prayer surrender their fears, pride, and weaknesses to the one who is control. Um, oh, here it is. And the most important part of this story is the difference between a coward and a hero is not whether or not you're scared. It's about what you do while you're scared. 
going to God is one of those things. Uh, one real quick comic here from Carl. Carl says, hey, Andy, absolutely right. My wife, Shannon, always tells me to pray about it. As a man who never asked for directions, I found my prayer life was always lacking. It's a work in progress. Thanks for the reminder. Uh, you're welcome, Carl. Great dad there, Carl. Um, you, you, if you have a chance to meet Carl and, and hang out with him and his sons, do it. Um, you'll feel God's presence uh, when you're with Carl and his sons and his wife, of course, um, who reminds him to pray. Um, so, yes. So, men, we got to pray. As uh, E.M. Bound says, um, it, it's so darn important that uh, praying men are the only men in which the Holy Spirit dwells. <laughs> For the Holy Spirit and prayer go hand in hand. The Holy Spirit never descends upon prayerless men. He never fills them. He never empowers them. There is nothing whatever in common between the Spirit of God and men who do not pray. The Spirit dwells, oops, the, the, the Spirit dwells only in a prayer atmosphere. So, men, let's pray. Oops, sorry. Uh, dear Lord, we love you so much, and we um, appreciate this message. Um, we know it's a strong message. We know that it should kick us in the in the butts and get us uh, and drop us to our knees, so that we share um, whatever it is that we are concerned about, whatever causes us fear, whatever causes us to lack courage. That we go to you. We don't get caught up in our in our Home Depot um, senses and um, syndrome of, of not asking, that that is, not, that is not what we do. That when we are lost, when we are confused, when we can't find what we are seeking, that we ask you. That when we are in fear, we go to you. When we need just help in understanding how it is that we have a discussion with our wives, it um, reminds us to go to um, prayer before we have a discussion about money, before we have a discussion about making a strong decision, that we go to prayer and, uh, and, and you know, before we maybe even buy anything of substantial value that we say, God, as a couple, we come to you. Is this something that we should be spending our money on? Do we really need that? Uh, that we pray for our children every day, that they definitely need prayer prayer in today's world with what they're being attacked with in social media and in school and professors and universities the things that they're hearing are not of you they are demonic and that um, we remember to pray for our kids every day for their strength for their discernment for them to also go to you when they're concerned or scared or confused uh, by what they're being told so god remind us to uh, thanks for the reminder uh, today to pray and thank you for the the kick in the butt uh, to send us to our knees and to pray um, for your love every day in Jesus name we pray God bless all right my friends we love you guys um, uh, Hedy and I we love you um, and so have a, a great day and and go to prayer read the Bible take care talk to you later